Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. And it is great to have you here tonight. Didn't you enjoy worship? Man, praise God. Amen. Man, it is great to have you here tonight on this Saturday night. It's chilly. How many of y'all are loving this weather? Yeah, finally. You know, the weatherman's been teasing us. They've been saying it's going to get cold, and it hadn't gotten cold. But it finally got cold, and man, I, I love this kind of weather. Last night, my wife and I actually, like, we had the fireplace going. And man, it's just, it, I love, love, love the cold weather. So, but it is great to have you here this weekend. And um, I want to take a moment and welcome those of you that are guests with us uh, tonight. And it's, it's a huge honor to have you here on the Saturday night service. And uh, uh, just as a, a small way of us letting you know we appreciate you being with us, we'd like to give you some, uh, some gift cards to a great restaurant here in town. And uh, if you would do us a favor, there should be a connection card right in front of you, and just fill that out, and on your way out, stop by the Information Center, and uh, they'll give you some gift cards uh, to a great restaurant. So thank you for being here tonight, and, and uh, man, we, we um, love to be in God's presence, amen? And just to worship God, and, and I, I hope that you've just, man, these last few moments, you've just experienced God's presence in a special way. Well, I've got a lot to share tonight, and if you want to grab your Bibles and go to John chapter 4, John chapter 4 is where we're going to start out, and uh, if you're new to the Bible and you don't know where John is, don't worry about that. You can go right to the front of your Bible, and it'll tell you what page. Uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago. I know when I was just starting out in the ministry, I'm, just to be honest with you, I didn't know where all the books were. And sometimes I'd get a little nervous when my pastor would say, would you turn here? And I would like, I don't know where that is. And I just kind of turned to Leviticus and I hung out in Leviticus the whole time. (laughs) And I don't want you to hang out in Leviticus the whole time tonight. Uh, John is in the New Testament. It's really easy to find. But if you don't know where it is, man, don't be embarrassed. Go right to the front. You'll see what page it's at. You know, we're in this series that we have, are, we're calling Heart for the House, and, and man, I have loved, loved the last few weeks. We've just been being able to talk about Creekwood and what, what, what do we value here and what makes this, this place so special. And man, I, I, I know that, that when I look out at, at so many of y'all that have been around here for a long time, you're here because you love what God is doing. And this is really an exciting season, exciting time for our church. And, you know, every once in a while, and, and we do this a lot during this time of year, we like to push pause for just a few weeks and just stop for, for long enough to say, you know what, we need to kind of stop, reevaluate things and look and make sure we're staying on track. And we're keeping this um, be keeping the the original vision and and keeping the original plan that God had for this church. And so what we've been doing is is basically just kind of going down the line and talking about some of the values that we have at Creekwood. And, you know, uh, a value is basically, why do you have a value? It's because you're trying to protect things that you love. And we love this place and we, we want to protect what we have here. And so there, the first weekend we talked about that we are going to keep Jesus at the center of everything that we do. And, and that's an important reminder for us to remind ourselves that Jesus needs to be at the center of everything that we do. 
that Jesus is the one that changes lives. And the last weekend we talked about we saved a seat for you. And, and you've heard us, man, from day one we've been talking about we saved a seat for you. And basically that means that we value people because people are important to God. And, and God values people. So, so people are so important to us. And, and, uh, and what we do for people is important. And, and today I, I want to talk about another value. And to kind of start off tonight, um, I want to ask you this question. It's not a deep question. I promise you it's not a trick question. But I just like want you to think with me for just a few moments. I know you're already thinking about where you're going to go eat tonight. And uh, <laughs> or you're thinking about the Cowboys tomorrow or something. But anyways, for just a few moments, I, re- I really want you to think with me. And I want to begin by asking you this question. Um, why are you here tonight? Like, really, why, why are you here tonight? Um, I know there's, I, I'm looking out and I see a couple different teenagers here, and you're like looking at me like, well, what do you think? I'm here because my parents made me come tonight. (laughs) There's some men that have that look tonight, too. You're like wishing you were home watching college football or something, and your wife said, let's go to church. You know, we, we show up for a lot of reasons. Some of us are here tonight because you grew up believing that if you didn't go to church, you were going to go to hell. Right? A lot of us did that. You know, when I was growing up, my, my dad, you know, when we talked about church, it never was a discussion. It wasn't an option. We didn't sit around thinking or, or talking about, are we going to go to church or not? It wasn't open for discussion. We went to church. Um, a lot of us today, maybe, um, again, you showed up tonight because you're really discouraged. And you came because, man, you were like, I need to be encouraged. And you came and you're encouraged tonight. And I I would just say this is is that, okay, you came and you're encouraged. Now what? For some of you, maybe you came tonight because you're here tonight because you're needing a word from God. You need God to speak into your life. You're, You're like, I need a word. But when God gives you that word, then what? For some of you, maybe you want to know God's word better, and you're like, you know what, I'm starting to know God's word better, and you've been coming to church for a long time. You've been a Christ follower for a long time, and now you're like, I've got God's word in my life. I've been encouraged. I've been challenged. I I, I have God's word. I know God's word. I I received a a word from God, and and I would ask you this is, now what? Have you ever asked yourself the question, what is this all about? Is this just like a, a, a revolving thing that never ends, that we're in this self-improvement thing that we're just trying to improve ourselves and we're just trying to improve ourselves and we just kind of, man, I, I need another word. I need to be encouraged. And, and, and I think we ought to ask ourselves those tough questions of like, what does it look like for me to move on and move to a new level in my faith? You know, our, our mission statement here at Creekwood from day one has, to be, has been all about leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And that's what I, I want for every single one of us, for us to become fully devoted followers of Christ. 
But what does it look like when you start to think about why you show up to church? And, and again, we could talk all night about a lot of reasons why some of you have showed up tonight because you're single. And you heard that there's a lot of other singles at Creekwood. And you're like hoping you can go on a date tonight after Saturday night service. You know, and you're kind of looking around. There's a single girl in the back just raised her hand and said, I'm single. <laughs> I won't tell y'all her, her, her name. I know I will. It's Shelby. <laughs> She's in the back. She's awesome. I just embarrassed her. I'm sorry. Um, we're here for a lot of reasons. And I, I'm just asking you, look, after you get what you want and what you need in your life, then what? What is the purpose of all this? What is, you know, like... Some of you have started coming to church because your marriage was struggling and God has restored your marriage. And then I would say, now what? What, what is going to happen? Are you just waiting for another breakdown in your life for you to figure out some other little thing? And, and like, God, would you just kind of like, you're in the business of fixing my life and this is what this is all about. And I want to talk to you tonight about one of, I believe, one of the most important values. They're all important, but this value is so important. That if, if this is going to continue to be a place that you love, there's got to be purpose to your life. There's got to be a, 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 a reason for you to be able to say, you know what, this is why God is doing, this is the reason why God has done what he's done in my life. That the reason God has rescued me, the reason God has encouraged me when I was deeper and darker than I've ever been in my life, the reason God has restored and healed and all this stuff that God's done in my life, it's because God wants me to have purpose and he wants me to be fully devoted to him. And one of the things that you're going to find in the scripture is this, is that as you become a fully devoted follower of Christ, One of the things that is a sure mark of a follower of Christ is that they serve always. Aren't you glad you came to church on a Saturday night to talk about serving? Well, I want to talk to you about it because, listen to me, there a lot of us, we, we want to say, well, man, I, I want to serve God, but I don't want to serve others. Well, I would tell you that's impossible. It's impossible to say, I want to serve God, but I don't want to serve others. Do you know that the only way that you serve God is when you serve other people? I thought I'd get a little bit more than three amens on that one, but it's okay. I know it's Saturday night crowd. The only way that you serve God is when you serve people. So listen to me, it's impossible to serve God without serving people. This is huge for us that we have to be able to get to a place that we say, you know what, this has to be a rhythm of my life. It's, that, it's not something that we just kind of every once in a while, Pastor Stephen makes us feel guilty, and then we start to serve. I, I want to show you this because being a fully devoted follower of Christ, your purpose, God's created you to make a difference in people's lives. 
It's one of the things that we celebrate here at Creekwood. We celebrate when people become Christians, but we also, as Christ followers, when they become Christ followers, but we here at Creekwood, we celebrate when somebody starts to serve. Why? Because they're finding their purpose in the reason why God created them. Let me show you a a scripture in John chapter 4, verse 31. Um, This is right after, could somebody grab me some water? This is right after Jesus, thanks man. Right after Jesus has encountered a woman at the well, and, and you've probably heard this story where he offered her living water, and the disciples, man, this was, was an incredible moment. This, this lady became one of the first missionaries. And, and the disciples are kind of standing back, and they're watching Jesus heal people, work, and do all this stuff. And one of the things that the disciples are, are, are worried about, they're worried about, has Jesus eaten yet? Is Jesus, like, he's got to be hungry. How many of y'all know people that they, they think about like food a lot. Like those kind of people, like, you know, like my wife in, in <laughs> my wife can be laying in bed and she's talking about what we're going to eat for supper tomorrow night. She's planning it out. Now you have to understand her family. The Cone family food is very important. You don't get it if they're hungry. Like, it's trouble. Uh, 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 my wife has this dish towel in our, in our kitchen that says, I'm sorry for what I said when I was hungry. <laughs> like, she gets hangry. And like, a, a couple weeks ago for my birthday, we went over to my mother-in-law. She made fried pork chops, brown gravy, mashed potatoes. <laughs> I mean, all this awesome food. Kim Drennan made me, like, Texas. This sheet cake, chocolate sheet cake was like, oh, my word, it's awesome. But, you know, you got to understand when you go to the Cone house and and you're around the Cone family, they're they're all, like, all about the food. And you don't want to be the person to pray. Because if you're praying, you're going to probably be the last one in line. Like my brother-in-law, Thad, during the prayer, he's already with his plate walking towards the food. I don't think I've ever been to a family gathering that my brother-in-law, Thad, has not been the first one there to the food. We all know people like that. The disciples are, this is what they're like. They're thinking about food, and they're like, Jesus has got to be, they're probably hungry too. You know, usually when somebody's asking, you hungry, it means they're hungry. <laughs> and the disciples are talking about food, and they're asking Jesus, and this is what happens. Uh, John 4, 31, verse 31, it says, Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. You need to eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you would know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? They're thinking somebody else already fed Jesus. My food, and this is what he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. 
Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Notice what he said. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What is Jesus saying here is this. He says, my food, my nourishment, it's something else besides what you think nourishes my life. In other words, he says, when everybody else is always focused on, fill me, would you do something for me? Would you give me some food? What Jesus says, what actually fills my life up is when I start to fill other people up. What he's saying here is what nourishes me. He's teaching the disciples because, see, the disciples, you you read about them. They were all about themselves. And what he starts to tell them and teach them is that he says this, you know what, what my food, what nourishes my life is when I can make a difference, when I pour into somebody else's life. See, the disciples were all about consumption about consuming, and Jesus was all about contributing, and what filled his life up, what gave him meaning. See, I believe that a lot of us here, man, we don't want to admit it, but there's a big old void in our life. We're bored. We're bored with our life, and part of it is is that we've gotten to a place that we are all about consumption, and this, what's sad is, and this is a tragic thing that has happened, is, is that even, even in our culture, you look everywhere, everybody is about consumption, everything is about me and what can I get for myself. It's even gotten into the church now. That church has become about consumption. And we're not contributors. We, we show up and we want to con, consume. And we think that what's really going to fill our life and what Jesus is saying to the disciples, he's saying, you want to go to a whole nother level in your faith as my follower is you start, you want to be filled up inside of your life is when you start to pour yourself out into other people and start making a difference in other people. That's when you're going to find the true meaning of your life. That's when you're going to begin to feel, you, you, you know, you talk about the, the, the hunger pains when you're hungry and you want to be satisfied. Listen to me, no money in the world, no vacation in the world is going to satisfy you like making a difference in somebody else's lives. This is why we believe at the core of this church is that, listen to me, serving is not just something that you do because, well, the church is doing that. It is a part of your life. It is a regular rhythm of your life. It is what what makes and moves you to another level in your life. See, when you you start talking about this this whole idea that, that... Jesus was not concerned concerned about consumption. He was concerned about contributing. It, it, it goes against our nature, doesn't it? Like our nature wants to, to consume, and, and it's not that we're, we're bad people. We're just self-centered. And I think our culture, our world knows it. I mean, think about this, how the businesses that you go around and the restaurants that you go around they are falling all over themselves trying to make us happy. And the minute we're not happy, we move on. And we have become, like, you think about compared to other people in the rest of the world, how good we have it. And 
this tragically is coming into the church. And I listen to me. I know some of you are going to like, man, Pastor Stephen's really getting on to us. But you know what? My role as your pastor is not always to tell you what you want to hear. I'm not up here to try to make y'all happy. My role, listen, I, I love it once in a while when I get lucky and I'm funny. <laughs> and, and y'all like to laugh at me because I make a billion boo-boos. But listen, my role is to challenge you. And I want to make you uncomfortable. And listen to me, Jesus Christ did not die on the cross for us to become spectators and just consumers. See, I think we don't understand what the church is. The church has never been about a building. You know, the, ch- the first church, that for, when, when the first church started, when Jesus first instituted the church, the church didn't have a building. The church is the people in it. And what, what's happening is, man, we, we have become a culture of Christ followers. I don't even want to call us Christ followers because, listen to me, there's a big difference between being a Christ follower and an attender. And I think the churches in America are full of of church attenders, not really Christ followers. When you're in a church attender, you're just kind of consuming. You're just kind of taking it all in. When you are a Christ follower, I'm like, I am following Jesus See, when I say, again, when I say I don't have time to serve, what, what am I saying? I don't have time to become like Jesus because Jesus served. Some of you are like, man, pastor's kicking up today. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, this will not be a place that we love if we become just a church full of consumers. What will happen is we will wake up one day and we'll be a bunch of spoiled, rotten Christ followers or church attenders that the world doesn't want to have anything to do with. Listen, this may come to a sh- as a shock to some of you. The church was never intended to be for church people. The church is, we are the church. We don't go to the church. We are the church. The reason we love this place is because of the people in here, we have a purpose and a mission, and there's nothing greater to see is that when we can make a difference in somebody's life, when we serve somebody and we help them change their life. It's why we believe that we serve always. It is a rhythm of your life. It is not a, man, oh, I got to go serve at the church, and I'm hoping that they get tired of me. I've been serving a long time, and, and, and listen, if, if I told you everything that I hear, you, you, you guys would like go, man, that's crazy when it comes to serving and the excuses that we give. And most of the time what happens is when you start to lose your way, you start to look for any reason why not to serve. You're going to get hurt. You're going you're gonna to go, man, the people that are leading me, the, the schedule, it's, it's just not right. I've been doing the parking lot, and the people, these Christian, these Creekwood people don't know how to drive. <laughs> I've been serving it. I'm quitting critters because these kids, you wouldn't believe it. They keep pooping their pants. <laughs> like, y'all, can we not go to a church where kids don't poop in their pants? And then I'll serve at Creekwood at the, at, with the babies. 
I've been, I try, I've been serving, but I'm quitting back at kids' church. Those little kids wipe boogers on you, and I'm not doing it anymore. It's a consumer mindset. It's a, I, I believe, listen to me, it is a self-involved spirit that has infected the church in America. And Jesus never intended for his church to be about a consumeristic, self-involved individual. Listen, you will never find in the Bible, when you start reading the Bible, that church was supposed to be about you. You're not going to find it. But I, I, listen to, I think this is dangerous. It is dangerous for the church in America. There's too much at stake. Do you know that that researchers say that 20% of the church do 80% of the work in most churches? Some even believe that it is really a 90-10, that 10% of the church do 90% of the work. And we just kind of show up and we're consumers and we're like, they got it. Or you've kind of heard people say, well, those people at the church, like, like, you know, we got Batman in a Batmobile, that those people in the church are going to take care of stuff and they're going to serve. And I don't know where all the people come to serve, but they're there and they don't need me. Listen, we need you. And I'm just challenging, listen to me, my goal with you is is I want you to become a fully devoted follower of Christ. And as a fully devoted follower of Christ, there is a calling on your life to serve, that your life ought to be about serving. I think one of the greatest examples, and I love Jesus not only just, he cast vision when 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 it came to the disciples and Christ followers, he gave great examples. And um, this is probably... There's a side of it that I think is funny. There's another side of it that is like one of the most moving stories in the Bible. It's found in John 13. It's, it's one of my most, probably most favorite moments in the life of Jesus. And it's really, you know, it's, things are coming to an end. And what, you know, the timing of, of this is that This is really a big deal. This is important what he's doing right here. It's getting close to him being crucified. And you you read what was really going on um, among the disciples. The the, the disciples weren't getting along a lot during this time. They were fighting. They were arguing. Their egos were getting in the way. There was a lot of jealousies. And I can just imagine... You know, they're, they're over there and they're having conversations and they're trying to shut other disciples out. Like they're walking by, yeah, we had a really, really important meeting, but you didn't get invited. It was just us and Jesus. We were, this was a crucial meeting, but you missed it. <laughs> That's the kind of conversations. And they walk in and they're getting ready to have dinner. And in this culture, they're, they're, they're talking back and forth. They're talking about who's going to be the greatest. And they're, they're saying, yeah, I've been hanging out. Jesus has been talking to me privately. And, he, and he's told me some stuff. I'm not going to tell you what he told me, but he told me some secret stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm Jesus' favorite. They got all this. They're self-involved. 
Their ego, they're they're all about themselves. They're walking in, and in that culture, a custom, it was customary that you washed, your feet were washed before you sit down because they laid around and they ate. That's why, listen, my wife doesn't like it when I love to lay in the living room and watch TV when I eat. I don't want to sit at the table. I know you are disappointed, but my wife's like, let's sit at the table. And I'm like, babe, I want to lay right here and watch TV and eat on the carpet. See, it's biblical. I just got that. I never thought about that before, but now I got a scripture to tell you. My wife's like, we're going to eat at the table. Even when we got company over at the house, I'm like, babe, let's just all eat around the coffee table and lay on the floor. Any of y'all like to do that? Okay, all the good Christians raising their hand. These guys are so self-involved. They're, they're, they're talking. They're just, I mean, don't miss this they're arguing and stuff, and nobody, they're walking in here, and they're like, I'm not washing nobody's feet. Let Peter, he's the one that's going to deny Jesus. <laughs> like, they're, they're talking like this, and nobody wants to wash each other's feet, and nobody wants to serve, and they sit, they, they're laying around, and they start to eat, and eat, and, and what Jesus does is amazing. He gets up and he wraps a towel around him and he gets down on his knees and he starts to wash their feet. How uncomfortable would you be if I just grabbed a bowl of water right now and I went out there and I said, would you mind taking your shoes off and let me wash your feet? You're like, man, did I put my good socks on or not? You know, you're like, is, is it the one that my big toe is sticking out? Or <laughs> hope I wash my feet before. You know, it's uncomfortable. You're not going to, and I can imagine this moment, and Jesus goes around, Peter's like, you're not washing my feet. And listen to what the scripture says. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I am your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. John 13, verse 15, let me keep reading. It says, I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their masters, nor is the messenger more important than the one sends the message the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, now listen to this. Now that you know these things, God might bless you. No, it doesn't say that. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Now that you know these things, see, there is a blessing that comes in your life that you can't get from reading the Bible, that you can't get from singing worship songs, that you get when you serve somebody, when you make a difference in people's lives. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in his various forms. John 15, verse 8 says this, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You want to find the happiest people on the planet? Don't take my word for it. Go ask the people that are serving, that are making a difference in people's lives. 
You know, I saw a picture t- this morning about a group from Creekwood that was serving at Habitat, and we've, I think we've got a picture, uh, a group of, from our church was serving. And do you know, how many of y'all were like, it is freezing outside this morning? And I guarantee you they were freezing their hineys off out there. But I, I guarantee you they walked away feeling like nobody's business. That They felt great. Those that are serving downtown and in, in different ministries and I could talk on and on about, man, there's a joy, there's a blessing that comes in your life when you make a decision to serve. I, listen, I don't know what, what end of the, 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 the spectrum you're at where, where you've, maybe you've fallen into this, this rut of feeling like, man, um, I'm just, I'm a consumer. And I, again, I, I'm not, listen, I, I'm not here to, to get on to anybody. I'm here to challenge you. And I, I've got a chart here. I want you to look at it real quick. But on one end, a, a one is that you're a consumer. A 10 is that you're a contributor. And just kind of think about this in your own life. I, I don't want you to say it out loud what number you think you are. But, um, you know, I, I would say a one or a two is, is somebody that you show up every week and you drop your kids off and other people take care of your kids. You don't serve anywhere. You sit in seats that, that other people have paid for. You've never given a dime to the church. Aren't y'all glad you came to church tonight? <laughs> you don't serve. You've never given anything. You just kind of show up. You get coffee. You're a consumer. I, I'd probably give yourself a one or a two. Some of you, maybe you're a four or five. You serve once in a while. You give once in a while. You, you, you're like, man, I'll serve here and there if, if I feel like it. Maybe you're a four or five. I don't know. There's a big group of y'all that are eights and nines and even tens in this place. You serve in a life group. You lead a life group. You, you, you serve um, on a weekly basis. You, you're contributing. You're making a difference in people's lives. See, I think what happens is, is, is really, I, I was thinking about this. Um, I think that a lot of us get mixed up when it comes to being a guest and a host. And you think about this, that I think a lot of us, like, we've been coming to Creekwood for a long time, and we still want to be guests. We still want guest privileges. <laughs> like, there's, you know there's a big difference between a guest and being a host? Like, if, if you're hosting and I'm coming over to your house and I'm your guest, I'm expecting you to be there. I thought that was kind of profound, but anyways. If you're a host, you're not showing up late and leaving early. A guest may do that, but a host doesn't do that. Some of us, listen to me, some of us have been coming for a long time. We've been Christ followers for a long time, and we're still looking for guest privileges. We're still parking in the guest parking. We're parking as close as we can to the building, and we don't really have small kids. We don't have anything wrong with us. We're just like, bam, I got the closest one to the door. 
You still have guest privilege. You're still thinking like a guest. Listen to me. Hear me. I say this with love. I need you to move on from being a guest, and I need you to start being a host because there is a lost world out there. There is a lost world out there that is dying, and their impression and their perception of the church is that we are self absorbed with ourselves and we only care about ourselves and once in a while we're going to judge them. Listen, I want us to be a movement, a church that we serve always when people walk in these doors. It doesn't matter who it is, what they've done. I don't, listen to me, there's not a person in this world that Jesus Christ is looking at them and saying, they don't deserve my love. I, I want to treat them like the dad or the prodigal son that was running back to get home. And Creekwood becomes a place. Listen to me, that place is not going to be what we envision and what we dream of unless we all commit ourselves to saying, I know that there is a calling on my life that I'm supposed to serve in the church, that as a Christ follower, I have a responsibility to make a difference in people's lives. Listen, I love you too much to leave you just being a guest. I love you too much to leave you in a place that you just are a consumer in this place. I want every single one of you to experience the power of what happens in your life when it stops being about yourself and you start saying, God, it is because of your grace and your mercy in my life that you've, you have changed my life. God, help me to make a difference in somebody's life. Help me to see the way you see. Help me to see this world the way you see it. Listen, there is a place at Creekwood for you. There are ministries in this place. If I told you tonight that there are people in this place that are working every single service and every single weekend, and they are, their butts dragging on the floor because they're so exhausted. That shouldn't be. Because listen to me, I, I want people to do ministry in a healthy way. I, I want us to pray tonight. And I, I want you right there where you're at to, um, I want you to do some deep soul searching tonight. And I want you just to, as you're there at your seat. you to think about your life. And I want you to begin to think about what this church could be if every single one of us. There's close to 2,000 people that say that they are a part of this church. 
2,000 people made the decision not to be consumers. Said, I want to be a contributor for the kingdom of God. I can't. It is incredible to begin to think about what we could do. Father, tonight I pray over every person in this place. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I pray that, God, you would help us, God, to move beyond being self-absorbed and self-centered, God, in our life being about ourselves. God, may we be about something bigger than ourselves. God, may we be about something bigger than getting a new iPhone, God, or getting some new gadget in our life, God, that we would say, I want to make a difference in people's lives. But the call of my life is going to be that I'm always going to be available to serve. I thank you for this, God, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.